Lunchtime Chronicles Boston Sour by Amani J. She's no damsel in distress, but a strong woman in need of protection, and he's the perfect man for the job. This is a short, steamy, standalone mafia romance with no cheating, no cliffhangers, and a guaranteed happily ever after. P.S. This one is scorching hot with toy play and so much more. You've been warned. Lunchtime Chronicles is out this Wednesday, September 21st. Go grab it, lady listeners. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. Welcome to a new week at Read Me Romance. We have got Dylan's Heart by Lonnie Nicole, which is an author duet, an author duo, if you will. It's Lonnie Ree and Nicole Rose. They have gotten together to write this book, Dylan's Heart. And we have lots of stuff to talk about them in just a little bit. First, I do want to talk about a couple of emails I got. We had asked a few weeks ago about um, talking to your kids about sex and not just like, you know, telling them about the birds and the bees, but actual like, you know, on top of consent, there's things like pleasuring your partner or that, you know, the porn industry isn't, you know, what actually happens. And there's, you know, a disconnect in what you see if you go searching for sex online versus what happens in reality. So. Actually, um, I talked about it, I think, last week where someone had sent us a podcast episode and it was from, I have it saved on here. I should have pulled that up before. I'm so sorry. The name of the podcast is I Weigh. The episodes one and nine is by Jamila Jamil and I listened to it. And the episode includes a woman who has runs a porn website and um, it's called Make Love Not Porn. Her name's Cindy Gallup. And she also talks about just in general, like sex education and stuff. And one of the things that she said, and she said, you know, I know that a lot of people have questions about how to talk to young people about, you know, porn and and stuff. And she said, you know, this is why I went out of my way to make porn that's realistic, that's lovemaking, that's couples who care about each other. And it's not just degradation or, you know, she was like, I don't want to kink shame. But, you know, she was like, this is realistic, like it's realistic couples. Anyway, it's one of the things that she said, and it just clicked with me when she said it. She said, what I suggest is when you're talking to your kids about, you know, porn and what they might see is she said, the way I approached it was you see movies and you see stories that are made into movies. And she said, and you know that that is a depiction Mm -hmm. and it's not real and it's not reality. Well, that's what porn is. It's just like when you see a movie, it's not reality. And I was like, I don't know why I just never thought about explaining it that way. You know, that, yeah, that that just seems so simple. (laughs) I never thought about it. So, but anyways, um, you were talking about, you know, is there a book out there or something like this? And guess what? There is. So I had a lady listener sent in. It's called, the name of the book is called, It's Perfectly Normal, Changing Bodies, Growing Up, Sex, Gender, and Sexual Health. And what I love about this book is that it's changing bodies and growing up and gender and all this stuff. But it talks about um, like heterosexual sex. And it also talks about having like gay sex that also discusses transgender and and things like that. And it goes in depth about like 
the ways that they have sex and it's all like it's cartoons but it looks like it's drawn you know but there's like in the pictures if you go on amazon and like scroll the pages there's like it shows two girls in a sexual position and two boys in a sexual position and it's like this is how it's done and this is what consent looks like and this is what pleasure should be and this is you know they talk about like if you're being pressured into sex and, you know, like that was the big thing that I, I really like. So I, I bought the book today. So I'm going to see how it goes. I'll, re- I'll read and give a review. But awesome. yeah, I thought that was really great. So, so yeah, so just wanted to update on that. I'll put <laughs> so, the info in the show notes if anybody wants it. Yeah, to I'll send you the check out the box. Stuff. Yeah, we can have those down there. So, but yeah, I mean, the, the whole podcast episode, and I'll listen to the whole thing. It's like an hour and a half, but it was so good. I think I even sent it to you and I was like, I'm five minutes in and you're going to love this because the first thing it talks about is the woman who, who created the make sex or make love, not porn. Um, then you can go Google that website right now. And like, that's a porn website. But, um, she said that, you know, she just was always unapologetically, you know, sexual about and open about her body. And she didn't want there to be shame associated with it. And then, you know, the porn industry today, that's what a lot of it is. Mm-hmm. But um, she also talked about how hard it is for them to get like companies to work with them. She said, that's one of our big- biggest obstacles is to get like, so she said people who like, you know, take the credit card machines, you know, so like if you have a subscription to this website, she said to get someone to process those transactions is immensely difficult. She yeah. said it took us forever to find someone that would just work with us, even though like they're a reputable high-end, I guess, porn site. She said, we're just lumped into everything else in that industry. Yeah. And that was something I wouldn't have ever thought. So that was, it was, it was really interesting, her perspective on it from the industry standpoint and what people are conditioned to liking versus what is realistic. For sure. For sure. I had a friend one time, she told me um, about like, you know, watching it and then her experience later and just being so disappointed because it was like, it was nothing like what she saw. And I was like, what, nobody came on your face? Like, I don't understand, like, what, what didn't happen? You know, because I don't see, I never saw porn and thought, oh, that's what I want, you know? See, (laughs) I didn't get to see porn. I think we might've talked about this before i didn't get to see porn before i had sex because we didn't have smartphones and stuff we had aol dial up i was um, Googling. i saw it on vhs tapes <laughs> so that's how old my ass is Uh-oh. but my so, first time sucked that shit was <laughs> terrible we know before you used to have to go to one of those sex stores and rent movies out of the back that was how most people saw it like back in the day i think if i would have saw porn I might have been like, okay, maybe this guy was just bad and I should try it with somebody else. <laughs> she looks so happy. <laughs> this one, the must be broken. I got to right? <laughs> You're like, this guy sucks. <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't think he sucks. I just think losing your virginity is painful. Yeah, yeah. I think but. in general the experience sucks. So, but anyways, so um, this past weekend, my daughter had three of her friends over. They had a big sleepover. And they came over on Saturday and I was like, all right, I got to get, it was raining because they were going to swim and it was raining and they couldn't. And I was like, all right, I got to get these kids out of the house. What am I going to do? 
So I looked it up and my cousin was telling me her husband's allergic to cats. So she took her daughter to a cat cafe in Charlotte. And so that's what we did. <laughs> we went half of it is a coffee house. And then in the next in the coffee house, they have a separate room with the door and everything. And there was nothing but cats in there. And you have to reserve a time to do it. There were 11 cats and there was me and four girls. And we had the best, all the pictures of the girls I took, they're all laying on the ground because they were like, there's one rule. You can't pick up the kitties. And everybody was like, oh, (laughs) you know, but they were like, it's for the safety of the cats. You can't pick them up. But there's like benches and there's big pillows and there's things for them to play on. And it's like, it's like a cat dream in there yes it's their heaven that sounds amazing it was incredible i just want you to imagine right now being 11 years old getting a hot chocolate with marshmallows and whipped cream and then walking into a room full of fucking cats and just getting to lay there and getting to lay on the ground and letting them run all over you and play with them and snuggle I was like, these fucking kids, man. Kids got it so good. They don't even know how good they got it. Rochelle Page is fostering kittens and she keeps sending me pictures. I'm like, they're all so, she gets new kittens all the time. Uh Yep. I'm like, but how do you let them go? Yep. Angela James does that too. She's always posting up pictures of her kittens. And every time I see them, I'm like, just one more. But no, I couldn't do it. <laughs> One drives me crazy enough. He's like bosses me around. I don't know how our cat has come to do this, but he herds me like around the house. He makes me go where he wants me to go. And so like, I think it's just because he's like in a pack and he's been raised around Blueberry. So he's like in that dog mentality. Yeah. But he like herds me to his litter box when he wants it changed. He herds me over to his food bowl when he needs more. And then he herds me to bed every night. He meows at me until I go go upstairs and go to bed. And he follows me up the stairs and he watches me get into bed. When I lay down and I turn off the light, he'll sit on the bed for like five minutes to make sure I'm asleep. And then he'll go downstairs. It's like I'm a child to him. Our main coon does that to Rob. Does he? Yeah. Like they're on the same schedule. Like right now, like if it's time for Rob to get up, like five or ten minutes for about the time he normally gets up, yeah. the cat will be on the bed yeah like, like it's time like, like it's time because when rob comes down <laughs> the stairs he puts treats in a spot oh okay and so he knows he's like okay it's time to get up it's mm-hmm. time so he like follows him around it's cute oh that's sweet but if rob doesn't wake up on time he'll get frustrated and then he'll come and plop on my desk and knock shit over oh my god stop <laughs> He's, he's like, get up. Now it's your turn. <laughs> but the, um yeah, the Cat Cafe, it's called, I think it was called, oh, I can't even remember. It's like Matt Kitty or something like that. But um there's one in Charlotte and there's one in Concord. And I'm sure there's one near you. You probably have to Google it. But you reserve a time. You pay by the hour. And then you can, like, go and do it. They do have walk-ins, but they're, like, space isn't guaranteed. My house is a cat cafe. Yeah. It's true. But are there 11 of them? No. <laughs> it was sweet, though, too, because um, they had rescued the cats that were there. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and they were all like so sweet. And it was like, you could tell they were all just really happy to be there because they got like, everybody gets to give them treats, mm-hmm. you know, like they have all this stuff to play with and they get so much attention. They all slept almost the whole time we were there. And I was like, are they usually like this? And she was like, yes, they get played with a lot. <laughs> I know. I was like, that was too, but that was really fun. It was, it was super cute. So I'm glad we went and did that. So. I know you mentioned it earlier, but what are you reading right now? Did you read anything over the weekend since we talked just, last? I read the new. I'm a sucker for Sam Crescent. Oh my god! Stupid you are. bully series. <laughs> I swear to God, like I wonder, does Sam Crescent know the grip she has on you? Well, I well, hey, in all fairness, I didn't read a couple of the last few ones because they were rougher um, mob ones and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff. I just can't go too dark. I'm not big on in motorcycles. Mm-hmm. The mob, I have to be, it has to be vetted out for me before mm-hmm. I can read it. Yeah, you got to know all the things that's going to happen. But for some reason, this Bullied series, even though the heroes start off as dick faces, <laughs> I'm like a sucker for them. Oh, you can't quit it, huh? So she has a new <laughs> one out. But the new one out is called um, Bullied Mate. And it's double virgin, so oh, well, there you go. So it makes up. it a little bit better because, but when they were kids, um, you know how we always say it's not cute when the boys pull the hair. That's uh-huh. not okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she's like, you used to pull my hair, but he would pull her hair. He didn't mean to pull her hair. He was trying to pull her hair tie out because he hated that she always wore her hair out. And he wanted to feel it and he wanted to Why see it down. so hot? So he was always pulling her hair, but he, she thought he was pulling her hair when he really he was trying to steal her hair tie and feel her hair at the same time. Because well, he this. didn't okay, realize at the time, he didn't realize so at the hard. time that his fascination with her was because when they were going to be mates, which you don't figure out until you're 18 when you yeah, go through the change. Yeah. But, oh, I love that. You know what? Speaking of that, Jenica Snow has the new one out, The she, Beast. Yeah. Have you heard about this? I have not read it yet, but someone explained it to me today, or not to me directly, but they explained it on TikTok. And I was like, okay, this is the, this is the description that's going to make me buy this book. She was like, okay, so he's a wolf and he never changes from being a wolf. He's a wolf the whole time. And she was like, so he bucks her as a wolf, but she was like, he wants to like breed her and dominate her. And like, she's big enough to like take him and stuff. And then she's like, and then he wants to learn how to braid her hair <laughs> because he loves her and he wants to take care of her. And I was like, stop it. But then Jenica posted this thing. It was like a clip from her book. And it's like, yeah, I want you to run, run away from me. Like you can run, but but it just makes it better for me. Mm-hmm. Like that was essentially what it was. And I was like, that's so fucking hot. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I need to, I need somebody to read this book. <laughs> that well, I don't know why that's so hot. Cause I actually, cause like I told you guys, I went down the, the smash word hole last mm-hmm. week or whatever. Yep. So then I ended up going down our own hole of our own forced submission. Oh my God, you did not. You read all our own submissions? I did them. I did the taking what's mine. I oh read and there God, was a I scene where he was like, 
go on. Like he lets her run through the woods. He's like, mm. go. And he lets her run. And then he's so mad. He wants to catch her. He's like excited to catch her. But then he's mad because she hurt her feet. Oh, no. <laughs> he's a carrier. <laughs> but that's my problem with the Smashwords books mm-hmm. is they do have these dubious consent books. Mm-hmm. But I want... I want a stalker obsessed dubcon mm-hmm. that is sweet. <laughs> I think that's why I love our four submission books so yes, much. Yes, but nobody there's else like tenderness. seems to do that. Like I want yeah. dubcon and mm-hmm. done in a gentle manner, almost yeah. like Beauty and the Beast is almost in a gentle manner. I don't get it because like. A lot of the the way like dubious consent books start is because they're like taking them or forcing them or, you know, coercing them, however you want to do it, which seems very forceful. But if there's not gentle reasoning behind it, like I think, I I don't know, some of the books I read, it's almost like the author gets confused about, I shouldn't say, it doesn't get confused, but it's like the author wants to project like, uh, like strength and pe- possessiveness and all this, but it's like in a mean way. I, and it's like, you can do that in a, in a sweet way too. You can do it in a sweet way. And I wonder if some of these random authors I've come across on Smashwords or mm-hmm. am I saying that word? Whatever is know. males, males mm-hmm. writing these quick oh, books. Oh, okay. Because they're okay. all only like 5,000 words. Yeah. And yeah. so I wonder sometimes, mm-hmm. I'm like, is this a man? I feel like a woman would have done this a little differently. And then it makes me feel creepy when a man does it. Yeah. Yeah. I have a real problem with that, too. Because like I said, we I when we men. read them, we're in the point of view of the female. Mm-hmm. When a yeah. man writes it, he's in the point of view of a male. And that's not cool. That's not cool. Not cool. <laughs> I don't know. I like. I realized how fucking biased that sounds, but I don't care. I don't care either. I don't There's care. So much sexist shit. You know, I don't I give got, a shit. Listen, I got in this not an argument, but I got in this discussion with my husband the other night because I was saying something about, you know, Lydia, my oldest one. You, know, she's eleven. She, we were at the beach house, and my father-in-law was like, you know, you, they just have the most beautiful girls. Gosh, those, their husbands are going to be so lucky. I just can't wait for them to get married and and fall in love. And I was like, I hope they never do. <laughs> I was seriously like, you know, I didn't say exactly that, but I was like, oh, they have plenty of time, you know. But I'm sitting there thinking, like, I hope they never want a man. <laughs> it's hard, though. I, it's so weird, though, because, like, I have a son, and I love him, and he's a sweetheart. But I, I can still – Am I father? <laughs> and I can – but it's still – I like that I can sit down. And, you know, I was venting about the whole Eliza thing that happened and the case with the mm-hmm. runner, and I'm yeah, just yeah. like – I love that to my parent, to my dad or my husband, I can be like, I hate men. Mm-hmm. And he's yes. like, me too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Like that's what we, you know, we talked. I was telling my husband this story just the other night. I was like, "Oh, were you not there?" And I was like, "Hi, like, um, I hope they never choose men." And he was like, "He's like, that's not feminism." And I was like, "Don't care." <laughs> I was like, "Look at my face. I don't give a shit." Because I remember <laughs> Isabel used to call me sometimes. She was just like, "That's a little bit sexist." I'm like, "I don't give a shit. Don't give a fuck. I don't. I hope it is." Care. <laughs> And she's like, Burn that's it not down. fair. We're trying to make 
equality, this mm-hmm. and that. I, was like, I, no. I said, I'm just a different generation that went through too much. I'm not mm-hmm. in your group. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm sorry. Nobody gives a fuck. You know what, though? Like, speaking of all this, I saw a thing today and it was um, Meghan Markle was going through, you know, with like Harry, Prince Harry. They were going down the thing and they showed all the women, like younger women. No, I wouldn't even want to say my age because they were probably younger, like maybe 20s or 30s. And it goes through and like all of them see her and they light up and they reach for her and she hugs them. And the little girls like she gets down on their level and just talks and she listens so attentively. Like she's just giving them their moment. And she does that going down the line. And this person pointed out in the video, she was like, look at all these old bitches. And all these old ladies that are like 60 years old are making stink faces at her as she goes down this line. And she was like, this is a disparity between generations. She was like that these old biddies, you know, are upset that, you know, Megan has maybe polluted the monarch somehow because she's black. And so it's just. I I feel like when I see her. I just thought like the generation gap. I feel like when I see her, I light up the same way her husband does when he looks at her. <laughs> Anytime I see Megan on TV, I'm like, oh, there she is. Because <laughs> you know how when he looks at yeah. it, you see the sparkle on his eyes. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just She's like so her husband. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about her. And like you said, and maybe that's it. I think it's that she comes off very genuine. And when somebody is being genuine, you can sense it. It's there. Yeah. And people just, mm-hmm. they feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just like the, like how gentle she is and how understanding. And it really does seem genuine. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't seem forced or like she's faking it when that can't be said for the rest of them, you know, like where, I mean, and maybe she hasn't been in it as a, as long and that's why she's not jaded and, you yeah. know, in all fairness. But I do think being, you know, a black woman in this position, I can't imagine having these old bitches look at you with just like they like they're smelling shit when they see you coming. And she's a fucking princess. Yeah. And they those bitches could never like they don't deserve to sniff her farts <laughs> as she walks by them. But like I just loved how all the young women and girls like just lit up and responded to her and gave her that energy and they were saying like in the hugs and stuff how she would like really embrace and you could see like her hands were like holding on to the people and it was like you know she even said maybe she needed this as much as they did you know that she needed this moment to like share this with her people you know with the such a big deal that people don't realize other black girls getting to see a black princess yeah i was watching i got choked up and i'm not even i'm not even black i was watching a tiktok where a mom pulled her daughter in she's like watch the screen and it starts to play and the little mermaid song comes on stop it oh my god even thinking about it makes me choke up like right yeah 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 and the little the mermaid comes on and she's like the little girl gasped and she's like oh She's black, mommy. She's oh my black. God. And it was just like, Jesus. 
Yeah. Can you imagine going your entire life and never being able to identify, you know, with what you see and what you love? And oh my God, Ariel was gorgeous. I the live action is going to be incredible. It's so beautiful. And I saw a TikTok today. I'm getting all my news from them. But I saw a TikTok today. But it was somebody made a comment because this woman was like, this white lady was like, oh my God, we're so excited. Like Ariel is, she's beautiful, blah, blah. And somebody was like, yeah, but they're not sticking to the original story, which was which was Dutch. And so obviously Ariel should be white. And she's like, let's dissect this comment. And she was like, you're right. They didn't stick to the original script where Ariel's voice was not given, but cut out of her throat. And then it talked about she wanted, she went after a prince that didn't want her, that was with someone else and how painful it was for her to walk on standing on her feet was like she was stepping on swords every time she walked because they wanted to, it was like something about like the, the, I forget what the word is, but it's like, she, you know, it was, it was a metaphor for how painful it was to go through this for her, to do this for him when he didn't give a shit about her. And she was like, oh yeah. And she died in the end. And she was like, but you, you know, we'll just go back to, this is all fucking make believe. She can be blue. Like it doesn't I fucking know. matter. <laughs> she was like, but if this is how you want to tell everybody you're racist, go for it. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but that that looks amazing and and I can't wait to see it. So um speaking of TikTok, uh I've made a couple of new videos for Alexa Riley, so make sure you go check them out. <laughs> so, oh, and speaking yeah. of which, we are gonna put some paperbacks up too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you check that out. Um on our website, alexarally.com. We get asked about paperbacks the whole time all the time, but we have a huge backlist of paperbacks and we can't keep those in I can't keep a hundred paperbacks in stock. It's just not realistic. And so instead of putting them all on the website, we're just going to release them like in chunks. in chunks. Yeah. So we're going to put up three new paperbacks. One's brand new. It has never been released before. We're going to do the Craven Cove series in paperback. And then it's also going to be um, the Bami bundle. There's a Halloween book in there for anybody that wants to read that this Halloween season. And then um, the MC the MC series, which Ghost is the Ghost Riders. Who still has one of my favorite heroes in it. Vincent. Yeah. He's he's up there. He's like top five for me for sure. I'll never forget the time. <laughs> it was one of my greatest Leo moments of when he ejaculated on the side of her house to mark his territory. <laughs> like I can forget uh, all kinds of shit we wrote, but that mm -hmm. is a branded in and my it's, brain. it's in your brain, right? And you know what else is branded in my brain that you've done? What? Remember taking the fall? Yeah. Like the first time he goes down on her and mm -hmm. she's like, are you going to come on? Like she's waiting for him yeah. to do something. And he's like, I'm fucking enjoying this. Let me have my moment here. <laughs> like, he's like staring at her. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't rush me. He's like, don't, I'm taking this all in. <laughs> You like it's mad. That. Like, don't interrupt me while I'm looking at your vagina. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, like it's God. a piece of art down there that's yep. just like taking it all in. Aren't they all though? <laughs> all right, let's talk about Lonnie Nicole. Um, the book you're about to listen to is called Dylan's Heart, and I'll read you um all of their stuff right now because she was so great and sent me everything and had it all spelled out. So we're just gonna go down. 
Um, Dylan's Heart that you're about to hear is the second book in the Silver Spoons Falls series, which is part of the Silver Spoon Falls universe. Um, Lonnie Ray and Nicole Rose are building our own little world with the Silver Spoon Falls universe. Welcome to the Silver Spoon Falls, Texas, where forever means exactly that. The men here are known for having it all, except there's a shortage of eligible ladies in town to share it with. These determined men won't let that slow them down. Like the MC Brotherhood who calls this small town home, their best friends, brothers, and neighbors will turn the town on its ear looking for their curvy soulmate in the spinoff series of sweet and steamy insta-love romances from Lonnie Ree, Nicole Rose, and Lonnie Nicole. You've already fallen for the Silver Spoon MC. Now get ready for the single men of Silver Spoon Falls. We hope you'll enjoy, we hope you join us as we introduce you guys to even more of the men and women who we call the Silver Spoon Falls Texas home in all the Silver Spoon Falls universe series. Um, let's see. Recent releases in this series are Fisher's Catch. Which is which already is, out. That's out. That's book one in the series by Lonnie Ree, or sorry, yes, by Lonnie Ree and The Prodigy, which is um, an MC book by Nicole Rose. Um, they also had Dripping in Pearls by Nicole Rose is one of her recent releases that just came out. And an upcoming upcoming release is Adam's Fugitive, which is book three in the Silver Spoon Falls series by Lonnie Ree and The Prince, which is another MC book in the Silver Spoon series by Lonnie Ree. And that's coming October 7th. Um, Sweet Treat by Lonnie Reed will be free on Amazon this week. So make sure you grab that. And their giveaway this week is a $50 Amazon gift card. Oh, nice. nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're going to send you into the first installment of Dylan's Heart, and we'll see you on the other side. This is Dylan's Heart by Lonnie Nicole. Read for you by El Sonali. Chapter 1 Jules Jules, phone! Mariah Sandoval calls, poking her head around the corner. Can you take a message? I ask, not lifting my gaze from the computer as I type notes on a patient for Dr. Tate Grimes, the pediatric heart surgeon who runs the clinic where I work as a nurse. I'm in the middle of something. It's the sheriff. Again? I groan, dropping my head in defeat. Sheriff Dylan Armstrong is a menace to society. Okay, so that's not true. He's been a pretty decent sheriff since he won the election. Silver Spoon Falls is lucky to have him, but he's quickly becoming a menace to me. The man is driving me up the wall. This is the fourth time today he's called, demanding to speak to Tate. I don't know why he refuses to accept from Mariah that Tate isn't available. He just has to hear it from me. And he's grumpy about it, like I'm just supposed to magically pull Tate out of thin air or something. Sheriff Dylan Armstrong is a tyrant. Unfortunately for him... I'm not very good at taking orders. The bossier he gets, the more riled I get. At this point, I'm one more high-handed comment from crawling through the phone line to strangle his fine ass with the phone cord. Did you tell him that Tate isn't here? I ask, spinning my chair around to face her. Yep, Mariah says, fighting laughter. 
Her face is nearly as red as her scrubs, her hazel eyes bright with amusement. He's a cop, I mutter, throwing my hands up. Doesn't he have anyone else to harass other than me? Mariah gives up trying to fight her amusement and laughs loudly before slapping a hand over her mouth. I'm sorry, she cries, ducking when I toss a pen at her. We both know she doesn't mean it. This whole situation is giving her life today. He's only calling because he likes you. I snort, refusing to even consider it. Even if my stomach does flutter at the thought. The man is seriously gorgeous, but no freaking way. The last thing I need in my life is another overgrown, bossy man trying to tell me what to do all the time. Between my older brothers and Tate, I have enough of them already, thank you very much. I reach for the phone on my desk, scowling at it, even though it's not to blame for my bad mood. The man on the other end of the line is 100% responsible for that. Couldn't he at least sound like a tyrant instead of a sexy cowboy or something? He does sound like a sexy cowboy, though. This is Jules. It's Dylan. Sheriff Armstrong growls. I'm aware, Sheriff Armstrong. I say, emphasizing his title. Is Tate back yet? Have you been to Houston lately? I ask instead of answering. Yeah, why? Because I told you an hour ago that he was still in clinic there. I remind him, straightening the mess of post-its and scraps of paper on my desk. It's usually covered in them by the end of the day. Tate is one of the best pediatric heart surgeons in the country. We stay busy. Since Houston is nearly two hours from here, and he's neither a pilot nor a magician, Sheriff Armstrong pauses. Are you teasing me, Jules? Maybe a little bit, I admit. Fair enough. I crack a smile, unable to help myself. Why does he have to sound as ridiculously hot as he looks? It's really not fair. That deep voice is hypnotizing. What's the big emergency anyway? Dinner. Dinner? I blink. You've been driving me crazy all freaking day to make dinner plans with Tate? Are you kidding me? I'm not making fucking dinner plans with Tate. I've been calling him about Brady. I'm making dinner plans with you. He growls. You're going to dinner with me. Tate is a member of the Silver Spoon MC, a motorcycle club made up of the rich and powerful. Brady is a prospect they've been having some trouble with for the last few months. I guess he's up to no good again. But I can't even focus on that because the rest of what Sheriff Armstrong said throws my entire world out of whack. Uh, no, I'm not. I blurt. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I pull the phone away from my ear to scowl at it. He's lost his mind. I can't just go to dinner with him. 
He can't just order me to go to dinner with him. Oh my gosh, I'm going to strangle the sheriff, and I don't even look good in orange. It's not flattering on my curves. Why the fuck not? Because, because I'm busy. Watching Netflix with my cat counts as plans, right? He growls, literally freaking growls at me. And whoa, if that isn't the hottest sound I've ever heard, I don't know what is. My stomach actually clenches as desire shoots through me. Do you have a man, baby girl? He asks, his voice pitched low. I, what? No, I mumble. Good. He rumbles, sounding pleased. See you soon. We're not going to dinner. Not tonight, but we will be soon. With that, he hangs up. I pull the phone away from my ear again to glare at it and then drop it into the cradle harder than strictly necessary. Sheriff Dylan Armstrong is the devil. I'm sure of it. I'm also pretty sure I like that fact way more than I should. Jesus, take the wheel. I groan, laying my head on my desk. Chapter Two Dylan Sitting in my cruiser, I stare at the brick building, wondering if I'm losing my fucking mind. After little Miss Jules Montgomery blew off my dinner invitation yesterday, I spent the first few hours stubbornly trying to erase the luscious, curvy redhead from my thoughts. When that failed, I admitted to myself that I'm in way over my head here. Since she freaking pulled a fast one on me and swiped my goddamn heart at first sight, I've been acting like a pussy-whipped moron. I'm busy, I growl under my breath, imitating her sexy voice. My cock turns to stone from the memory, while my fingers turn white from gripping the steering wheel. The gorgeous heart thief bowled me over the first time we met, and I'm pretty sure the resulting affliction is permanent. Honestly, I was well on my way to handing her my heart on a silver platter the first time she snapped at me over the phone. Her snarky Texas twang is catnip to my fucking cock. The little firecracker is bound and determined to blow me off, but I'll do whatever it takes to win her over, even if it means making a jackass out of myself. Evelyn, one of the librarians from the Silver Spoon Falls Public Library, walks by and stares at me like I've lost my fucking mind. Well, I have, over Dr. Tate Grimes' sweet, curvy little nurse. That's why I'm sitting in my work cruiser in the blazing hot Texas sun, trying to get up the nerve to walk into the office building. I take a deep breath and reach for the box of donuts sitting on the seat next to me. I'm slightly embarrassed to admit that I called in a favor and asked one of my deputies to call Mariah, her co-worker, to get the lowdown on my girl. Armed for my first round of attack, 
I head for the building carrying my bribe. My plan is simple. First, I'll attempt to win her over with her favorite cream-filled chocolate-covered donuts. If my curvy firecracker resists my first effort, I might be forced to resort to plan B, kidnapping her. I glance at the clock on my dashboard, 4.53. It's the perfect time to catch my girl as she leaves for the day. Smiling at the building receptionist, I tip my hat and walk past her without pausing. I need to speak with Jules. Thankfully, it's the end of her day and she doesn't take the time to question me. I stop outside the pediatric office and run through my speech one last time before striding into the empty waiting room. My girl's sweet voice reaches my ears as I step up to the front desk. Good evening, I smile at the two women talking behind the counter. Sheriff Armstrong, Jules groans, and my hackles rise. What are you doing here? I came to see you. I barely notice as Mariah turns and rushes away like her ass is on fire. With a peace offering. My firecracker gasps when I shove the box of donuts in her hand. A little bird told me these are your favorites. She opens the lid and glances in. My cock thumps behind my zipper when her pink tongue sneaks out to wet her juicy bottom lip. Oh, I love chocolate-covered donuts, Jules groans. But my butt hates them, she sighs. I'll probably gain five pounds just smelling them. I'm not sure my cock can take it if your ass gets any more perfect. Just the thought of holding on to the luscious curves while fucking you from behind is about to cause me to come in my work pants. I think to myself. When she gasps, I realize I muttered those words out loud. Sheriff Armstrong. Her deep brown eyes widen impossibly large before narrowing to slits. That is very inappropriate. She huffs and places the box of donuts on the counter and points her finger at me while unloading her displeasure. My brain is too busy watching her luscious tits jiggle behind the cartoon character's scrub top to listen to her bitch me out. I doubt she'd be happy to know I have a new fantasy for the spank bank tonight. You can punish me later. I wiggle my eyebrows, too far gone to stop my runaway mouth. Out. She points at the door, and my fucking dumbass moron mind finally wakes the fuck up. Look, I try to backpedal and fix this mess. I'm sorry, I didn't get much sleep last night because each time I closed my eyes, I ended up dreaming about you. Fuck, moron. Can we start over? Fix this before you screw up the most important task you've ever undertaken. My brain finally takes control of the show. Hello, my name is Dylan Armstrong, and I was raised in a barn by wolves.
as she snorts at my joke, relief hits me between the eyes. I'd love to take you to dinner so we can get to know each other better. That's much better. I almost reach around and pat my own back. Tonight isn't good. My heart seizes in my chest at her refusal. I've had a bad day and I need time to think. She bites that bottom lip again and I shake my head, trying to keep control of my dumbass mouth. Pulling my head out of my ass, I sigh. I'm sorry you had a tough day. That's better. At least I sound like a reasonable human being. Maybe we can do it another time. Like every day for the rest of our lives. I'll be in touch. I lean down and place a soft kiss on her stunned lips before rushing off like the hounds of hell are nipping at my heels. I need time to come up with a plan B that doesn't get me thrown into my own jail. Later that night, I lie awake and stare at the ceiling, debating my options. Option one, I forget about my curvy little firecracker and walk away. Option two, I find a way to make the stubborn redhead fall head over heels in love with me. Since there's no way I can walk away now, I'll just have to run with option two. I reach under the covers and wrap my hand around my throbbing erection. Maybe jacking off will relieve some of the pressure building in my main brain. And then I can start acting like a man with more than two brain cells to rub together. Chapter 3 Jewels Before you shoot the messenger... Mariah says, rushing into the stockroom where I'm trying to figure out how we have 8,000 boxes of alcohol swabs but no band-aids. I told him you were busy. I spin around to face her so fast, I knock an entire row of nitrile gloves off a shelf. He's back? She bobs her head in an excited nod, her expression caught between a smile of delight and a grimace of sympathy. I tried to kick him out, but he refused to go. He can't just refuse to go. I mutter, my blood pressure spiking. He's the sheriff. I huff out a breath and stomp from the stockroom, ready to go to war. Five minutes ago, I felt bad for turning him down two nights in a row. I didn't even have a good excuse yesterday. It was just a long day, and our new patient really pulled at my heartstrings. I wanted to go home and cry alone, but then I got home and felt lonely. I regretted turning Sheriff Armstrong down. The crazy man cannot keep harassing me every day, though. I have things to do, important things. Besides, he's the sheriff. He should have important things to do, too. Surely even Silver Spoon Falls has some sort of crime to fight. I stomp out into the waiting room, ready to give him a tongue lashing. And then I catch sight of him, 
leaning against the wall in his uniform. His muscular arms crossed over his broad chest, his booted feet planted shoulder-width apart. His dark hair is messy, his eyes crawling all over the room, like he expects an ambush at any second from the three moms eyeing him in appreciation. It's not hard to appreciate the way he looks in that uniform. He's freaking gorgeous. Sheriff Armstrong? I say, not sure if I'm going to rescue him yet or let them fight over him. His head snaps up, those dark eyes locking on my face. As soon as they do, my core heats to the nth degree. Jules, he says, relief coloring his tone. Finally. Hasn't anyone told you that stalking is illegal? I ask, planting my hands on my hips. Is it? His lips twitch. The mothers in the waiting room look between us like they're watching a tennis match. I'm certain it is, I say. Good to know, he murmurs, taking a step toward me. I'll make sure to pass that on to my deputies. Where's Tate? Busy, like you should be. Funny you should mention it, he growls, taking another step toward me. I happen to be quite busy today. Doing what? Important stakeout, he says. Can you move slightly to the left, please? Without thinking, I immediately move to the left. He sails right past me into the patient area, leaving me gaping after him. I stand there with my mouth hanging open for a full five count before my brain finally catches up, and I realize he just tricked me into letting him deeper into the office. Oh, I'm strangling him, I growl under my breath which obviously isn't quietly enough, because all three of the moms in the waiting room hear me and crack up laughing. This will be all over town by the end of the day. I chase after the sheriff in time to see him disappearing around the corner. Sheriff Armstrong, you can't just invite yourself in, I yell. I didn't, he calls back to me. Tate invited me. Oh, I am killing my boss. He's in Houston, I huff, watching his fine ass stroll down the hall. Yep, he agrees, amusement in his voice. Won't be back for hours. I finally catch up to him outside of Tate's office. Though catch up to is a relative term. It's more like... He stops walking and I run straight into him. He turns around and grabs me before I faceplant on the floor. And Lord, he smells incredible. He feels incredible. Did I just whimper? Surely not. What are you doing here? I ask, striving for calm. Staking out Tate's office, little firecracker. You're insane, or I am. Either way, one of us has lost it, because he's being completely ridiculous, and I don't entirely hate it. 
In fact, part of me finds his behavior entirely too endearing. He's relentless and bossy, and I can't remember the last time anyone has tried this hard to get my attention. That's your fault, he murmurs, giving me a crooked grin. I haven't been sleeping because of you. I'd appreciate if you'd put me out of my misery and do me the honor of going to dinner with me tonight, Jules. I'm not leaving here until you say yes. I... I narrow my eyes at him. You're serious, aren't you? As a don't you dare say, heart attack Dylan Armstrong. Shit. He grimaces. Sorry, I forgot what kind of patience you see here. His gaze drifts across my face, his expression somber. Are you okay, baby girl? You're asking if I'm okay? I blink at him, caught off guard. You said you had a bad day yesterday. This is a hard job. He says, as if putting the two together. I just figured maybe it was one of those kinds of bad days. My heart flutters at his response, my resolve wavering. We didn't lose anyone, I whisper. It was just a rough day. We have a newborn in bad shape. It made me sad. He runs his hand down my back in a soothing gesture. Then you definitely have to go out with me tonight so I can make you happy again. Will you go away if I agree? Will you agree if I agree to go away? He retorts. Fine. I concede, fighting a smile. But just so you know, I'm only agreeing so you'll stop bugging me, and also because I skipped lunch and I'm starving. He tugs my body close to his, leaning down over me. I'll let you keep telling yourself that for now. He growls, pressing his lips to mine in a hard kiss. But we both know you're full of shit, Jules Montgomery. By the time dinner rolls around, I'm a nervous mess. I don't date much, or at all, really. Growing up with older brothers, I didn't get that chance, and I just haven't had the time or desire since. But I can't deny the attraction to Dylan. He's charming, gorgeous, clever, relentless, and the fact that he cared enough to check in on me today really got me. He's trying. That's more than most guys do. He may be a little over the top about it, but I kind of like that about him. I love that he wants me enough to put in the effort. That's sexy as hell to me. What woman doesn't want a total hunk willing to make a fool of himself over her? He chooses Broadway Steakhouse, an upscale restaurant on Broadway situated between the apothecary and the runaway boutique. The hostess leads us to a private table in the back, and then Dylan holds my chair out before sliding me up to the table. He runs his hand down my arm, leaving a trail of fire in his wake. 
You look ravishing, little firecracker. He murmurs, staring at me from across the table once he's seated. You look beautiful in your scrubs, but that damn dress is doing a number on my cock. Dylan, I protest, blushing bright red. He's so direct, so honest. It's the truth, he says with a shrug, not caring where we are or who else is around. I can't get you out of my head, Jules. You're driving me crazy. You've been driving me crazy, too, I admit in a whisper. I'm not shy, but this man makes me feel things I've never felt before now. I'm a virgin, but he makes me want to change that. It's overwhelming. He's overwhelming in the best way possible. I think, no, I know I want to get to know him. He grins like he's pleased with himself for that. That doesn't mean you get to keep annoying me at work, I say, narrowing my eyes at him. I actually have a job to do, Dylan. I like watching you work. I think what you mean is you like avoiding your work by interrupting my work, I say, huffing out a laugh. He is so full of it. It shouldn't be nearly as cute as it is. He winks at me as the waiter approaches with a big plastic smile on his face. What can I get you to drink? He asks, except he doesn't ask me, and he doesn't ask Dylan. He asks my boobs. Ugh. Dylan growls. How about a bottle of get your eyes off her fucking tits? Oh, I wasn't, the waiter stutters, yanking his gaze up to meet Dylan's. Yeah, you were, he says, his voice firm. He holds the waiter's gaze, not backing down. The younger man reluctantly looks away. We'll take a bottle of Riesling. I wait for him to walk away to look at Dylan. Don't look at me like that, he says, his voice soft. It's rude as hell to stare at another man's woman right in front of him. Another man's woman? I gape at him, my stomach turning flips. Yeah, he says, holding my gaze. His is scorching hot, kicking up fires inside my veins. You're mine, and I don't share, little firecracker. He needs to keep his fucking eyes off you if he wants to keep them. Oh, oh my. Chapter Four Dylan By the time we leave the Broadway Steakhouse, she's given me the frigid treatment. I sigh, foreseeing a long life of apologizing to my little love. I help her into my SUV, then reach for the seatbelt. I only threatened him a little bit, holding my forefinger and thumb close together to express my point. I defend myself. After several minutes of dead silence, I growl, Are you still mad at me? Glancing to the side, 
I check to see if my firecracker is still holding a grudge. The rigid set of her shoulders tells me I have work to do. The fucker was staring at your luscious tits. At the luscious tits that turned me into a brain-dead moron, I add silently, figuring my girl isn't in the mood to hear all the intricacies of my feelings. After the son of a bitch made a nuisance of himself, I let my mouth run away and pissed her the fuck off again. She's still staring out the car window, doing her best to ignore me when I make an executive decision and turn toward my house. We need to hash out a few details before I take her home. I refuse to lose all the ground I've made with her. Where are we going? Nothing gets past my girl. My place. I shrug and drive down the deserted country road. I thought we could talk some. And you didn't think to ask? She switches off the radio and huffs. Or did you decide being sheriff gives you the right to kidnap me? I've been debating kidnapping you since the first time we met. It has nothing to do with being sheriff and everything to do with being your man. There goes my damn mouth again. Kidnapping you is still an option if necessary. We turn onto my long driveway, and Jules gasps when she sees the magnolia trees lining each side of the paved road. I planted them when I built the house. This is a safe subject. I had a picture in my mind of the home I envisioned for my future family. It's the truth. Even as a young man, I knew exactly what I wanted. I couldn't put a face on the woman in my dreams until the day I walked into Dr. Tate Grimes' office and saw my girl. At that moment, all the puzzle pieces fell into place and my future became clear. Now... I need to find a way to make my soulmate understand. Your home is beautiful. She glances over and smiles, causing sparks to light through my blood. Not as beautiful as you. It's fucking true. I almost swallowed my tongue when she opened her front door earlier this evening. The summery dress hugs her stunning figure and gives me a peek at the curves those blasted cartoon character scrubs hide so well. She did some fancy twist thingy with her thick copper hair that bears her elegant neck. The sight of her pale skin causes my lips to tingle with a desire to leave a big bruise above the vein pounding at the base of her throat. My mark. So every fucking male knows this one is taken. I pull into the garage and hit the button, closing the door. Darkness descends around us as the only light is coming from the vehicle's headlights. After hopping out, I rush to her door and pull it open. I stop her hand from reaching for the seatbelt. Let me. My inner caveman refuses to stay under my skin, taking her soft, delicate hand in mine. I lead her to the door. Fuck. I'm acting like a teenager. If she hates the house, I'll just buy another one. 
I'll do whatever it takes to make my curvy little firecracker happy. She walks through the door and turns to gasp. It's so beautiful. I breathe a sigh of relief when her expressive eyes light up as she glances at my large, open kitchen. I'm suddenly glad I splurged on the professional stainless steel appliances and marble countertop. I can't believe how clean your house is. My grandfather's housekeeper comes by once a week to do the deep cleaning, I admit. But I'm house-trained. I wink, giving her the hard sell. I even put the toilet seat down. Oh. She bites that bottom lip and I lose my ability to hold back. I pull her curvy body into my arms and groan when she melts against me. A shiver runs through her much shorter frame as my iron-hard cock presses into her softness. Yes, I tell her. Oh. I attempt to pull back before I scare her, but she shocks the hell out of me by wrapping her silky arms around my waist. I nearly fall to my knees when she leans up to place her juicy lips against mine. I open my lips and draw her tongue into my mouth, causing us both to moan. Her soft tits press into my chest, and all the blood in my body heads below my waist. My cock, the only part of my body with the ability to think, reminds me how hard and fast this is moving. I pull back and lay my forehead against hers. I don't have any fucking control around you. As I stare into her lust-filled eyes, I manage to mutter, I have to stop now before I lose my mind. Now you decide to slow things down? She throws up her hands, exasperated. Jules twists my light blue polo shirt in her little fists, pulling me closer. Shut up and kiss me. Her brave words obliterate the last of my resistance. You run the show. I lift her into my arms and rush from my bedroom before my conscience wakes the fuck up. I'll stop if you tell me to. The last coherent thought I have. Somehow, we strip and leave a trail of clothes all the way up my curved staircase. By the time I lay her luscious little ass across my navy blue comforter, She's down to her lacy white bra and matching bikini panties. I turn on the bathroom light and open the door all the way to let the light spill into the bedroom, needing to see her. Standing back, I wrap my hand around my cock and give it a hard squeeze while staring at her luscious curves. Wetness coats the inside of my palm, and I use it to lubricate my strokes. Jules blinks as her eyes move over me. <sighs> she swallows and drags her eyes up to mine. Is now a good time to tell you that I'm a virgin? The room goes dark around me, and I lock my knees, attempting to stay on my feet. 
She's fucking perfect. A dream come true. This girl is mine and mine alone. Hopefully my swimmers do their job and knock her up on the first try. Spread your legs, sweetheart. I growl, using the one remaining brain cell she hasn't blown. And show me my pussy. I promise to take good care of it. My firecracker's eyes widen before she slides her silky legs open. My mouth waters as I stare at her pink, intimate lips glistening in the barely lit room. Dropping to my knees beside the bed, I pull her curvy ass to the edge. Leaning down, I run my tongue straight up her juicy slit and catch the drop of wetness slipping from her pussy. You're very good at this. She places one of her tiny feet on my shoulder. Just thought you should know. I mumble my thanks against her tight opening. I aim to please. Sliding my tongue deep, I devour her while my thumb plays with her hard little nub. My cock steadily leaks onto the hardwood floor, impatiently waiting its turn. Jules grips the back of my head and tugs me closer. If you please me any more, I might explode. It's a goal. I double down on my effort, needing to get my girl off at least once before I hurt her. Her tight inner muscles resist the intrusion when I replace my tongue with my finger. She makes the cutest squeaking noise as her silky walls relax, letting my finger slide deeper. Jules chants my name as her pussy begins to flutter around my digit. Her knees clasp my head tightly, and I almost black out from the lack of oxygen. What a way to fucking go. Wow, she gasps when I drag her relaxed ass to the top of the bed. I'm not finished with you. I warned her before covering her lips with mine. Jules digs her fingernails into my shoulders and holds on tight when I press my hard cock against her wet center. The main event. She swallows and winces, pulling back slightly from the sting. The thought of hurting her kills me, but I know it will be better if we get it over with quickly. I thrust forward, catching her startled cry in my mouth. Sorry, I kiss my way along her silky neck and leave my mark high enough for all other men to see. I rotate my hips in small circles, giving her time to adjust to my size. When she wraps her curvy legs around my hips and pulls me closer, I increase my pace. Each thrust takes my cock a little deeper until I bottom out. Pleasure tingles up my spine as her silky walls clasp my erection tightly. I lift her leg higher on my waist, and the change in position allows my cock to slide forward an inch or two more. We both gasp when I pull back to thrust again. I pick up my pace, 
hoping I can fight off my orgasm long enough to finish her too. Come for me, little firecracker. Tingling roars up my spine, telling me I'm running out of time. Jules follows my order, screaming my name while her silky walls flutter around my cock. I thrust hard, then shiver as my cum spills into her waiting pussy. Fear of scaring her away causes the words of love to stick to the roof of my mouth. I roll over and pull her satiated body against mine, promising myself we'll have time to discuss everything in the morning. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, um, like I said before, make sure you check out all the show notes with all the links to everything and then get that free book this week because it's only for this week that they're going to have it up for free. So make sure you grab that. It's called Sweet Treat by Lonnie Ray um, and enter this week's giveaway. So I think that's it. (laughs) Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance, read, read me romance, read me romance, read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind, and read me